Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Now, today's podcast is about your boss. Why is it that the episodes about people's supervisors or managers always get a lot of attention? Hmm. Seems like a lot of you might be struggling with a bad boss and want to know why. Why is my boss so dysfunctional? Why is my boss uh, out of touch with reality? Why does he or she seem to just stink at being my boss? So today we're going to talk about three different types of bad bosses. And it's very likely that yours may be represented in this population. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it gives you a little clarity and possibly a little understanding. So the tendencies of our managers can be entertaining and even humorous at times. And when we learn to identify the common challenges faced by many managers, well, it can enlighten us to the point that we improve our own performance. I've got to admit, I appreciate the bad bosses I've had now more than ever in my life because I refuse to be like them. And some labels can help us identify both the success and failure people experience when assuming a leadership position in any organization. So as you listen to this, I encourage you to examine these labels for both the value they give you individually, if you're the boss, if you're the supervisor, if you're the manager, or how it impacts people on your team. In other words, do you sometimes exhibit these behaviors and can be identified, or have you worked with people or worse for people that fit these descriptions and even better no let's say best if you currently work for one of these individuals now you understand the dysfunction so let's talk about the first type of bad bosses the wiggler the wiggler is very common among supervisors and managers and they just can't seem to be nailed down to anything concrete. There is no sense of value when you work in an organization managed by the wiggler. Every day seems to ebb and flow with each new challenge. Employers, employees of wigglers are frustrated because decisions and behaviors must be guessed daily. There is no consistency of message or action. Does this sound familiar? The daily perspective changes and the team members, well, you just opt to do nothing until the wiggler makes another wiggle. And this isolating environment lacks leadership because the follower has no clue what direction to move. We just don't know what wiggle is going to happen next. And Wiggler organizations are very susceptible to flavor of the month 
programs that lack continuity with the organization as a whole. Do you have a lot of flavor of the month programs in your organization? <laughs> you may have a wiggler. Employees view each new program as another attempt to fix problems faced by the team. Yet, hold little hope the solution will be resolved. And one worse, when solutions are evident, the wiggler lacks the discipline to see them through to the implementation for change. Wiggling it just a little bit allows the Teflon coating on this supervisor or manager to work its magic. And you might hear statements from them like, I never said that, or I didn't mean it like that. These are very common. Changing viewpoints during organizational challenges are also the norm when you work for a wiggler. And the wiggler, well, they like something today and they hate it tomorrow. And it makes the team unsure of what they should do or how they should view anything. Now, if you do work for a wiggler, I'm not only, I'm not only gonna give you the description, but I'm gonna give you some best practices. If you work for a wiggler, documentation is your best friend. Managing these, well, crazy bosses who are informal and, and lack consistency, you have to follow up and request clarification of expectations constantly. Hold these wiggler bosses strictly accountable for both actions and words to minimize their impact on the team. Never, never <laughs> assume they will remember what they said or asked you to do for them. Place them in a very small communication box by utilizing witnesses, journals, or follow-up emails. I worked for a wiggler at one time in my career and I kept a journal in my center desk drawer and I documented everything. Everything. Get them to sign everything you can in order to minimize the coming wiggle. And they will not do so easily, so you may have to get creative. The wiggler has wiggled for a long time and is very hard to lock down for any concrete position. Wigglers will blame bad memory, bad luck, or even bad taste for changes or challenges facing your team. You must understand that your success is incumbent upon catching the greased pig and holding it still in order for the team to meet its objectives. So there you have it. If you work for a wiggler boss, you now know how they are and what you can do to survive. Now here's another type of bad boss, the stickler. The stickler, on the other hand, has either never had the wiggle or has lost it somewhere during life's journey. The stickler is a very rigid supervisor or manager that lives in the shadows of the black and white ink in your policies and procedures. In the stickler organization, rules dominate and regulations have only one interpretation. Perspectives only exist through the eyes of the stickler. Think Groundhog Day and you have a picture of what life is like in the stickler organization. Change is not only avoided, it is feared by the stickler. Employees must follow a strict adherence to policy and routine. 
any, any derivation of this routine is ridiculed and scorned by the stickler boss. Every leadership position becomes occupied with like-minded sticklers since they cannot imagine another point of view. Hmm. Outside thinking is very limited and a strong, not invented here mentality exists. Does this sound familiar? Many organizational policies have been outdated since subordinates are afraid to recommend changes and updates. And occasionally you might find a typewriter in a stickler organization just in case it is needed. <laughs> Some of you might be asking, what the heck is a typewriter? Appearances change very little and projects are kept to a minimum. After all, improvement, well, it implies change. And what is the value in change? If it isn't broke, don't fix it. So what do you do if you work for a stickler? Information is your best friend. Even the most obstinate of stickler bosses can be sold, but the effort required is great. The most influential of sales techniques require the sellers to make the buyer, who's the stickler boss, think the idea was theirs in the first place. Seeds of change must be planted early and tended often so the stickler doesn't realize they were sold. Eventually, the stickler sees the change as their own idea and slowly the change may, if you're lucky, be adopted. But be careful, the stickler has a very sensitive change whisker. And if that whisker gets disturbed, they can revert back to methods of the past very quickly. In the stickler organization, bureaucracy rules the roost. Subordinates must make every effort to minimize the corporate red tape that prevents decisions from gaining traction. Every action must be scrutinized, analyzed, and even committeeized lots of committees before being implemented. Sticklers have no bend and will remain rigid to the point of breaking. There is certainly no gray between yes and no in your policy. Every situation is simply binary. Do or do not. Hmm. Now, let's talk about the last type of bad boss. We call this boss the hermit. The hermit is the most elusive of managers in the contemporary workplace. By nature, the hermit likes to remain isolated from the organization. Hermits hide behind closed doors and even worse, closed schedules. They're just too busy. Access to these managers is often prevented by stickler gatekeepers that were analogous to the shells occupied by the crab. Isolation is often disguised by perception of work and being far too busy for subordinate access. Hermits like to manage by directive and offer little direct involvement in the execution of activity. Sound familiar? Now what do we do if we work for a hermit boss? If you work for a hermit, <laughs> look for another job. I'm kidding, not really. 
but there are specific things you can do to minimize the isolation from the hermit. Since direction is speculative and relationships are minimal, the risk of knowing and working for the hermit is greater. It's risky working for a hermit. In other words, you cannot rely on a clear understanding of expectations. And there will be little emotional connection with the hermit manager. Be willing to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. This risky proposition will allow you to retain your sanity in an environment that produces very little feedback. Actions will not be scrutinized as much as results that occur. Remember, they're only going to look at results. Hermit managers measure trailing indicators, which are results, and pay very little attention to leading indicators, which are the actions that get you to the results. Now, be careful. If you work for a hermit, this autonomy can feel liberating at first. However, the risk of making a mistake is much greater. This failure pain can eventually restrict subordinates' desire to make any decision that involves risk. People become paralyzed and just wait. The wiggler, the stickler, and the hermit are all management tendencies that limit organizational leadership. If you work for these people, it's tough. It's tough. They prevent followers from following and they stifle leadership. This is the difference between management and leadership. There is a lot of dysfunction in management, but leadership is about trust. Leadership is about direction. And depending on the situation or circumstance, we have all responded like these managers at times. Personal development and intentional effort can minimize our being characterized as the wiggler, the stickler, or the hermit. Understanding these behaviors is information you need if you're the boss, if you're the supervisor, if you're the manager, to avoid being labeled as such. Understanding your boss gives you the information you need to manage up, as we all do and have done in the past. So here's my question. How do you go big when you work for one of these bosses? I've given you some tools to identify them and also how to survive them. But it's really hard to be successful when you work for any of these three types of bosses. And there are others, but I just wanted to give you something today on this podcast that will allow you to understand your reality, not necessarily fix it. And friends, the number one way to deal with these types of bosses is to leave them. But that's not available for everybody. We're in an economic downturn due to this pandemic, and we may need to have a paycheck coming in every now and then. So my mission today, this podcast is about helping you understand the bad boss and give you just a little bit of light to survive. Until next time.